podcast where we showcase stories of inspiring professionals while highlighting the universal principles of success. Today, I'm joined on the podcast by attorney Andrew Leventhal. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Derek. I appreciate it. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to, to, to connecting with you, hearing more about your journey. Let me share with the podcast listeners a little bit about your background. Andrew, Andrew Leventhal is a dynamic, passionate, and charismatic criminal defense lawyer. Andrew spent the first seven years of his career battling in the courtroom trenches as a Los Angeles public defender. Here, Andrew developed a reputation for being a fearless trial lawyer. In 2015, Andrew left public practice and created the Leventhal Firm. He has defended thousands of criminal cases and conducted many jury trials involving everything from DUI and domestic violence to theft and murder. Andrew's legal knowledge and passion for justice has led him to a 90% jury trial non-conviction rate. He was also featured on the cover of the January 2021 Attorney at Law magazine. Andrew loves the underdog and fights for his clients to the end. He treats his clients like family and advocates for them like they're his own flesh and blood. Andrew Leventhal has dedicated his life to defending people. Andrew, tell me, what inspired you to become an attorney? I just kind of knew... Um just deep in my soul from a very early age that my skill set was in advocacy and standing up for people. And I found a particular passion for standing up for uh, people against bullies, you know, particularly people that are vulnerable and really can't defend themselves or speak up. For them. So ever since yeah. I was in, you know, junior high, I was fighting for my friends, you know, and things mm -hmm. like that. And so, that's really uh, what inspired me to be an attorney is that passion to, to fight bullies also, but also knowing that through school, my education, that my, my strong suit was of course with writing and, and research and, and just oral expression and advocacy and persuasion. And I just oh. wasn't really, I uh, was, I just wasn't as good at science and things like that. Not that I don't respect it or try mm -hmm. hard at it. Sure. We you know the detail I love that, especially for our parents who listen, is considering the children that they're raising on up and the skills that you mentioned. You had strong skills in in that um, in that expression, but you also had a passion for people and defending them, taking on the bullies from middle school, and even that that uh, that research and writing. I love how you 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 focused on the skills. I think that's such a great parenting tip for any any of the parents listening or think are people who work with young folks is finding what they're skilled in and then really encouraging them in that journey. Just like, just like, uh, the, you, of course, we, we have the benefit of seeing you, the, the kind of the finished product or, you know, after all of that, after understanding your skills and then choosing a career that maximizes those skills. I think, I think that it's, it's a very powerful principle. Yeah. I mean, I think it really is easier for some, you know, children, it's not easy. It's easier for some children to be aware of, of, of what their strengths are and to stay with it. But, you know, it's more natural really um, for most to not really know until they, you know, I would say get into their twenties or maybe even later, you know? So. Sure. Absolutely. Now, what do you enjoy most about being an attorney? I mean, what I enjoy the most about being an attorney is um, the fulfillment that I get, I, 
you know, really make a, a, a very, very profound impact on somebody's life, whether it's in the sense of keeping their life intact, bring it completely around, right? And so you can imagine that, I, I mean, look, I protect a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's really what I do is I protect people that are contacted by law enforcement in all phases of criminal law. So that's case prevention, that's defending people in court, that's removing and undoing things, et cetera, right? And so, <clears throat> so it's not just like keeping lives intact, professionals and things like that, but it's also, there's a whole other component to it and it's turning around. And a lot of that deals with mental health, substance abuse, et cetera, which is really a major point of my practice as well. Mm, yeah. You know, there's, uh, as I'm listening to you and like uh, understanding the ability that you have, um, to help people in sometimes some of the worst moments of their lives um, with, with, with what they're going through. Um, but t- talk to me a little bit more. Uh, t- talk to me more about on, on, on the substance side. I, I didn't know that detail. Tell me, tell me more about that. Well, you know, let me, let me share this. Okay. And so, you know, you, 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 your question was, is what do I, you know, like, what do I like the most about my job? Because I I sense fulfillment for for really helping people. But there's a, there's a reason why I actually have like real fulfillment from this. And it's because I, myself, you know, I've been personally arrested before, Mm -hmm. uh, twice. So I understand what it's like to feel really scared, like not knowing what's going to go on with your future. Right. Sure. And I was just, I'm mean, at the time I was just a kid, but it doesn't matter, you know, like being arrested is being arrested. doesn't matter, but you can, you know, it's even scarier, you know, when you're younger and, you know, I was in school, I tried hard. I was getting, this is back in college, like 20 years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I had another arrest in my second year of law school, which was crazy because I didn't do anything wrong, but I was wow. immature. And I didn't really know that the way that I spoke to a police officer on the street, right. could get me arrested, even though I hadn't, I didn't do anything. And that's like really important. It's important for people to know how to, yeah. how to behave on the street, which is a lot different, of course, than defending in court. And we don't ever want to have to be in a position where we have to defend in court. And so that really hinges upon how you, how you treat and deal with and express yourself with police officers on the street. And so there's only so much we can control. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, we do the best we can with, with police officers on the street, but I've been arrested twice, you know, and it's like, I was doing really well in school. And, you know, I knew that I, um, and I was very determined, very ambitious, you know, hardworking. And so thinking about that, all that hard work, right. And passion and dedication become an attorney could be, you know, all thrown, you know, out the door because, of those arrests. Like I just have deep compassion. So I really understand what people are going through. And that is not like, that's like, that's like, like, that's like part of my, my, my core passion of what I do. Mm -hmm. But it also, I mean, I just, I guess to be like the most concise way of putting it is, is I really care because that's who I am. But there's also a reason why I care a whole lot more than most other lawyers. Okay. It's because I was there. I was there. I know. Yeah. I want to do it. And not just that, man, let me share you, share some other stuff. You know what I mean? When I was a, so I, I was a, um, and I'm sorry if I'm kind of, you know, you cut me off if you want to ask. No, go, question. go, go. I'm with you. So, you know, I was a defender in Los Angeles to start my career from 2008 to 2015. And so a public defender is a public criminal defense attorney. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're appointed to represent indigent people, people who can't afford to hire the lawyer of their own particular choosing. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but public defenders are very good attorneys. 
um, obviously, because they deal with it every single day. Um, and there's uh, thousands of cases to go through. All right. Mm-hmm. I was a, uh, I went through that, but it's a very stressful experience, obviously, to, um, especially if you want to try to save everybody, which is impossible. Right. And so that's what I tried to do. And that's what I wanted to do. So by the time 2012 rolled around, right. And that was my fourth year. Um, you know, it, uh, it was too much, you know, I was eating maybe 15 to 20 Vicodins a day. Mm-hmm. I had back surgery in 2004, but that wasn't, you know, but I really, it, be, it became, you know, I started to misuse, uh, prescription opiates. And so I had a bad opioid addiction problem really. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I got to a point where it's like, I knew I was, in, I was, it, it wasn't, you know, tenable or sustainable. And so in 2012, I, I checked myself into residential, you know, rehab, you know, and uh, went on disability at the public defender's office and um, did what I needed to do, right. To confront that and to beat that. Yeah. And so I've been, you know, clean, obviously what is it? 2021 has been nine, more than nine years. That was in August of 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you. yeah, I appreciate that. And so that's another reason why I care so much uh, 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 about what I do, because not only have I been arrested, but I've also experienced the self-destruction, right. Yeah. Associated with a lot of executions, right. A lot of the reason why people get caught up in the system Yes, it has a lot to do with like who you choose to engage with, like, sure. you know, domestic violence cases, whatever it is, you know, but when it comes to uh, self-destruction, that typically is we have criminal cases, bad yeah. decisions, when, you know what I mean? Right. When you're, when you're not clear. And so I just have a lot of compassion for people and I want to do everything I can to, to make it so that they can beat whatever it is that's holding them back. Yes. You know? And, and, you know, it's like, that's my mission and mission in life is to give people is to turn is to give people a real chance. Yes. You know, that's it. Yes. And I use my, and I use my passion for people and my knowledge of the law, plus my experience and relationships here in Los Angeles to make that happen mm. um, more times than not. Yes. I mean, I, I, I love your, I think there's so much power and courage in, kind of owning your, your story and you, you're, you're certainly leaning into that. At what point did you become comfortable talking about those things, talking about the arrest and talking about, again, the rehab and again, some of the, the, the opiate, opiate abuse you mentioned, like that, that's always when I, whenever somebody willingly shares that in a public forum, again, the, the podcast forum can be, you know, somewhat public, but at what point did you become comfortable speaking about those experiences or was that natural? Is it, is it, is it an easy thing for you or, all right, what point did you become uh, comfortable talking about it? It's a really good question. I mean, you know, for it's just who I am <clears throat> as a person. I'm naturally comfortable. Um, I don't really. Uh, I have faith in people. Yeah. Okay. And I believe that authenticity, right, prevails over all when it comes to gaining someone's trust or gaining someone's respect. Yes. It's really. It's about. It's about is somebody being real and authentic. And are they actually really trying and do they really care? Right. That's all that really matters. The end result is going to be the end result. And, you know, but if somebody is trying, right. Yeah. And they are putting themselves in a vulnerable position. I feel like that a large majority of people are going to be cool. 
yeah. and are going to actually, it's going to resonate with, and they're not going to be judgy and hate and the whole thing that we see. Right. Right. So it's really my faith in people. It's also uh, my, inher- it's just like the core of my personality. I'm, I'm, how do I put this? You know, and this is another reason why I do what I do. I'm a very confident, uh, strong willed person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I work really hard not to teeter on the line of arrogance because I also try to be humble as well, which is why I shared a lot of my story. You know, yeah. it's really important for me to try to exude who I am, which is, it's just, you know, being confident with yourself again, but, you know, but also being vulnerable and humble at the same time. And so it wasn't a situation where it's like, when did I feel comfortable? Um, I, I guess like in a public capacity, um, I'd always discuss it and, and said it just in general to, you know, uh, and people, but in terms of like, if we're talking about social media, right. Sure. Or doing, doing that, um, you know, it was something where it wasn't like I was going to like, that wasn't where I was. I wasn't going to try to use that, to like get myself out there and to get my, my, my private practice, you know, going. And I, I left the public defender in 2015 and I mm-hmm. created my firm 11th law firm in 2015. And mm-hmm. obviously we're still working really hard today in 2021, but it was something where I was like, you know, I'm not going to like try to like use that as a way to gain exposure you know what i mean almost like the fitness people do to do their their transformations mm-hmm. i was more so if i'm going to discuss it you know on social media and something like that i'm going to do it when i've when i've uh gained uh, organic okay um uh you know when i've made my reputation you know when i really enhanced my reputation from an organic perspective i mean people already knew who i was and what i was capable of when i was in the public defender's office but you don't have the ability, nor are you ethically allowed to say, I mean, you don't sit here. I wasn't on social media, promote, you don't promote, you don't do that. You're a public employee. You right. have a duty to, that's not what it is. You're not trying to make money. Okay. You're trying to, to save poor people. Okay. Yeah. Poor vulnerable people. Yes. And so, so, you know, it was more of like a decision where it's like, when I felt like that I had enough traction and people knew um, who I was enough and, 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 and respected me as an attorney, and then I could. Right. Sure. So that was really, I would say, I felt come regard. Okay. Within the past, I would say maybe three or four years. Sure. And then um, I kind of parlayed that into this organization that I termed or Attorneys Anonymous. Now that uh, I have friends of the LA County Bar Association that are helping me um, perpetually sort of propagate this Attorneys Anonymous, which is really like a safe space forum has nothing to do with substance abuse, et cetera, but it's all about mental health and wellness for attorneys to just take the, you know, take that gladiator armor down, you know, and be vulnerable and, and really try to help each other. Because the reality is, is that a lot of lawyers are really suffering really badly because it's a very, very, very difficult business. If you really care about people. Wow. So I'll stop there. I can keep going. Sure. I mean, I feel like we might have to have a whole podcast episode on attorney attorneys anonymous um, but no, I appreciate your, your compassion. That certainly stands out. And, uh, the authenticity certainly resonates for with me as a, as a human, um, going, Oh, like he's, he's confident and secure in his own, in his own space, in his own life. And to be able to talk, not just about, I lo- love that phrase you use, the gla- not just about the gladiator armor, not just about my, you know, my victories and my successes, but also about some of the shortcomings and then for you to be able to have the story that um, that shows somebody who has overcome. So, yeah, and congratulations for nine years. That, that is that is uh, 
That's a powerful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you. I appreciate that, brother. And, you know, the reality is that I literally just turned 40 on November 1st. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of like an interesting uh, situation, just like mentally, you know, I'm still really young, et cetera, but mm-hmm. I've gotten to a point in my life where I feel like that, I, that the level of awareness is at an all time high. Yes. Right. And it's taken a lot, a lot of work to get to that point. So it wasn't like I was always this comfortable with my own skin. I'm a human being like everybody else. And I had to grow up. I still have a lot of more, a lot more growing up to do, but you know, one of my other missions, you know, Derek, it's not just to to save people and protect people, turn their lives around, but it's also for me also to grow as an individual every single day, spiritually, emotionally, physically, everything. So this is probably going to answer some questions that are coming down the line. So, but I might as well just say, you know, I, I, you know, I, I really try hard to improve myself every day, you know, in every single dimension. So yes, I exercise that's for sure. And it's like a, you know, um, you can't tell, but you really can't, but weightlifting is a a hobby for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do, uh, you know, try to eat well, but I, like everybody else, you know, it's hard, especially with the pandemic, you know, and the door dashes, it's easy to press that button and I slip up too, but I try to eat right. Try to do the, all that, you know, and I uh, try to be a good husband and a good father. And I, and I study, you know, I study my craft, you know, mm-hmm. I know the law inside and out period. And I'm yeah. not afraid inside the courtroom and things like that. And so I really try to, you know, keep on developing myself in every respect because I mean, like, what what else is the point, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, because if you don't develop yourself, right, right, and you grow as yourself, then you can't really be an asset to your loved ones and yeah. to your clients or your patients or your, right? Right. So it all starts there. So yeah. my goal really is, is to enhance other people. That's really my mission in life, right? But I can't enhance other people if I'm not holding myself accountable and, and enhancing myself. Yes. 100%. Um, I think you're giving us a lot of gems that we can use um, that, 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 are, that we can use to enhance our lives to every single day, try to improve the multiple dimensions of life and uh, continue to grow in the craft. Now, let me ask you about the craft here. Now, did you always know? I, mean, I know you mentioned the middle school defending, you know, the, um, fighting off the bullies or, or, or standing up for those who are being picked on. But did you always know it was criminal defense or did you did you ever go maybe maybe it was another area of law or um, how did you go about deciding to focus on criminal defense? No, I mean, like, OK, so I was always like, you know, yeah, I grew up in San Diego, like skateboarding, hardcore and all that stuff. Right. Smoking weed, cigarettes, drugs, the whole deal. Right. You know, but uh, I also at the same time. um you know, super into sports, you know, I just didn't hang out with the jocks and it was very clicked, you know, and, and when I was growing up in San Diego in the uh, mid nineties, okay. In high school. And so I, uh, uh, but I love sports and I always wanted to be, a, here's the answer. I wanted to be a sports agent, you know, Jerry Maguire, you know, showed me the money in 96. Right. I mean, that's what I wanted to be, I wanted to be a sports agent, but I, you don't really know any better when you're a kid. Things just sound cool, but you don't really know if they are cool until you actually experience it. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I was in law school, you know, I, you know, I, uh, that's what I thought I was going to do, you know, but um, I, I, I kind of like learned through 
effort that that probably wasn't the type of life that I wanted to have, nor is it an easy one to attain. Hmm. Um, and so I didn't really know. And I was kind of discouraged actually, once I kind of found that out, but then in my second, between my second and third year of law school, I was in a legal writing course. And part of the course required us to prepare an argument about trying to get rid of a confession in a murder case, a hypothetical murder case. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I did really well in that competition. All right. Just put it that way. And then, um, my professor, along with the public defender, or at least a higher up public defender in San Diego at the time, I went to law school in San Diego, mm-hmm. um, was like, hey, you know, you ever think about being a trial attorney, particularly a defense attorney? It's like, you scream it, you know? Mm. And I thought to myself, you know, I kind of enjoyed, you know, uh, you know, this part, you know, I don't, I don't want to be like drooling on my desk, pushing paper all day. I wanted to be in a courtroom. I want I felt like it was who I was more as, like as a person, you know what I mean? No offense against prosecutors, right? Like I respect, you know, every institution, but that's just not my paradigm. It's not my DNA to right. judge people and to, you know, I, and it's not as challenging if you ask me, because, you know, law enforcement does all the work and you just say what happened, you know, in the court, what happened officer, you know, but as a defense attorney, it's a lot harder. And so I, I relish challenges and um, it's a lot more like, um, you know, I've, I have a much more robust, explosive sort of like style. And so that is, uh, you know, really, really effective in criminal court. You got to be really strong because <clears throat> the government doesn't mess around. You know, the prosecutors don't mess around, you know, mm-hmm. and neither do the judges, which <clears throat> by and large are it's just a natural function of the universe. Most judges are sympathetic to prosecutorial agendas. It's just the way it is in the United mm-hmm. States of America. Um, not all, I just said most. Okay. <laughs> and that's just being honest, but that doesn't mean that um, those judges are bad judges. It's just the way it is politically. So uh, I'm kind of like going on a rant here. Uh, you want to reel me in? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, just uh, the, the concept of criminal defense, which I feel like you're still hitting it. You're still hitting it. Why, why criminal defense? And you're talking about um, that, the challenge of being on the other side of the favor, like to not be favored and the challenge of going up against that is what I'm hearing from you. Cause let's be honest about it. You know, are the defense are the, is the person being accused and the defense attorney, are those the bullies? Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually not. I'm not saying the prosecutor is a bully in every sense, but there are many instances in which people are completely overmatched. They don't have no idea. They're being accused of a crime. The way the system is built is to get people to be afraid. People tend to make bad decisions when they're operating off of fear, right? And so you need to have, right, somebody, right, who knows the system and can stand up to these bullies. And so it just felt like right to me that I could be, um, very, uh, you know, hardcore with it. Yeah. And that's kind of who I, I'm a very, look, I'm a very passionate person. And like, you know, it's like, it's, it makes a whole lot more sense to be passionate about trying to save somebody, somebody's uh, life or career or liberty, as opposed to like me screaming and yelling about, you know, money in a lawsuit about a car accident or, um, you know, I don't know. You know, you, you understand yeah. what I'm trying to say. Right, just, right, right. Feel, I'm not trying to diminish those other areas of law are really important. I don't want, I'm not yeah. trying to diminish anything. Sure. I'm just saying from my standpoint that suited my personality. And so I, I knew that that's 
do that, that I wanted to be a trial attorney. So the question, so the, the best way to do that is to become a public defender or a prosecutor, a district attorney or a city prosecutor, a city attorney, et cetera. Okay. So like I told you before, right. In my, it's not in my DNA to be attracted to positions of authority. It's just not who I am. And so that meant that I was going to be a public defender. And so mm-hmm. I applied to all the public defenders uh, offices uh, around uh, California, you know, Orange County, San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Santa Clara. Ultimately, I got hired in Los Angeles. And I'm very grateful that I did. And I know I'm biased, but I think that other agencies would, would agree that the Los Angeles Public Defender's Office is one of the top, you know, uh, mm. uh, 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 public uh, defense law firms in the country and has probably, arguably, the best uh, training program. You know, structured mm-hmm. training program. And so they don't pay the most in the beginning, that's for sure. But it was never about the money for me. It was about trying to be the best. Yes. So I, I was it. really, so I was really, really fortunate to be able to have that um, opportunity yeah. to be a public defender. And quite frankly, if things were different in life, I'd still be a public defender today. Sure. Wow. You know, I, um, I want to highlight what you said about the pivot. You know, you talked about this ambitious goal in the beginning the Jerry Maguire, the sports agent, but then seeing some of the challenge in that, in that space and then pivoting still focused on, uh, you said it a couple of times about this idea of staying in my DNA. Like how am I, I think the question I was picking up from you is how am I personally wired and how can I position myself within the law in a space where I'm wired to be effective and wired to be successful and even, even wired to be passionate about that space. And, I, and again, I think it, it, it speaks, I, I often, even I said when you were sharing about the first question, it speaks to even the, the parenting, you know, about how people are wired. Everybody's wired differently, but I'm grateful to be able to hear your story and see how you, you, were, pain, you, were, you were aware enough to think about how you were wired. And then you had, you, you mentioned your professor and then the other, um, a legal professional who was present yeah. to let you know you 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 are screaming criminal defense like that was this this seems to be a natural fit like almost like why not but to have the awareness inwardly but also have the support out, um, outwardly to give you that guidance of what they were seeing I think both of those lessons are great to ha- have the awareness on the inside but also to have the support system that's giving you I- insight about um, what they're seeing in you. Yeah, I appreciate that very much, you know, and it's really important to try to focus on and be aware of yourself Yes, to try to find that. But like, look, nothing is gravy in life. You know what I mean? It's like this takes an inordinate amount of energy to try to protect or save or turn someone's life around, you know, in a criminal case, it's like an inordinate amount of energy, right? Even if you have the the legal tools and the passion and the knowledge and so with that you know i it, it out of me and you know i'd be lying you know if i and i was telling you that it makes me happy every day right because it i have to give so much of my soul in order to make an impact right yeah. but that's okay you know and i'm and i i'm at peace with that but now as i get older I start to think about more so about my family and, you know, and my kids and, and my wife. And now that I've gotten more, you know, more secure with myself professionally, I start to think about, you know, how can I do it where I can still 
you know, uh, where I, where I cannot burn myself out. Right. Yeah. Cause again, we go back to it. Right. It's like, you know, if I try to do everybody and I burn it all out, right. Then I'm not going to be effective. Yeah. So that's like my, 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 uh, you know, my next, you know, thing is really to how do I still be effective while, while protecting my own mental health? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yes. And maybe that's a great segue for us to go into the next question, which is, um, what's been a challenge that you faced as an attorney that you've, that you've overcome? I mean, overcoming is, you know, I don't think, I mean, a challenge I've overcome, um, Oh man. I mean, it's really hard because I don't think that, I think that the challenges are, 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 are mountains that we as defense attorneys have to climb every single day. Right. And then, and then once you get to the top, you go down, but then you got to climb up another one and another one and another one. So I would say that there's no like coming the challenge. It's just confronting the challenge on a daily basis and the best way to try to confront that challenge, right. Which keeps on popping up because that's just the nature of criminal law, right. Is to really, really be aware of your mental health. Right. Hmm. And that, that means that you have to shift your focus from the dollars, the money you really have to, everybody has to, if you have a business that requires your sweat, your hardcore sweat, your service, something mm-hmm. that, that your brand is attached to, right? And it's real and that's authentic. And it's something that can't really be significantly scaled, sure. right? Without deteriorating the underlying brand, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, most service, you know, we're not selling beer here, you know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, that means that you have to be hyper aware of, right? the work that you commit to so that you, so that's, that's what I, I'm really trying to do now at this point in my career is, is like, I don't take every case, you know, mm-hmm. because I want to, I want to be the, the best husband, father and lawyer I can be. And yeah. it, this job is so gnarly, you know, it really mm-hmm. takes a toll on the mental health. So yes. that's really the challenge, you know, that I'm, that I, that I uh, uh, confront, uh, but it's not something that like, I feel like can necessarily be overcome because it's yeah. just part of the, part of the job, but like on like a much more trivial level, sure. Like being nervous about certain aspects, right. Mm. Of the proceedings when I was a much younger lawyer, um, I would say that, I mean, I, for lack of a better analogy, you know, I have to answer people's questions. You ask me a question, I'm going to answer it. Right. So even though I gave you a different example, I'm still going to answer this question. Yeah, that's another thing, you know, um, and that's another thing that set just a digression. That's another thing that separates a true professional from one who's not really a true pro, you know, is a person going to answer your questions directly and clearly like right like that. If they're sure. doing the circles, if you're feeling like you don't know what it is at the end of the question, probably not a good professional. OK, <laughs> but anyways, back. I digress. OK, so for lack of a better analogy, we'll do sports in the beginning. In the beginning, it's like, you know, I mean, you're in the courtroom and things are moving really fast. Imagine it's like you're a rookie quarterback and you just got to the NFL. Yeah. You know, that's what it's like. You're a rookie quarterback. You just got to the NFL. Oh, my God. Everything's flying at me. Right. Yes. That's what it's like. 
And so the challenge is, is, is right. Is like being able to slow the game down, slow mm-hmm. the proceedings down, right. And make your reads and your progressions clearly and confidently and securely and not allowing all of that external energy to cause you to be like a fizzle all over the place and ineffective, right. Or to be jumpy or to be objecting about things that don't need to be objected to, right. Slowing it all down. And that just takes it uh, um, just so much practice, you know, and that mm. means that you have to have the cases. And that's what I'm saying. I'm really fortunate to have had the public defender's office to give me all these trials, preliminary hearings and everything done because it's really allowed me to develop a sense of confidence to go in there and when the energy is coming it doesn't penetrate doesn't penetrate my wall you know i'm still as as fuck okay Mm. i know everything that's happening right now okay Mm. you're not gonna you're not gonna get me to jump so part of it you know it's poker face all of it right poker face not being jumpy such a maturation process that has had a lot to do with um, not just like knowledge of the law and experience. also like maturing as a, as a, as a person, as a man. Yes. You know, and I don't yes. think that, it, and I feel like that I, I, I was able to really turn the corner on that when I got through uh, rehab, mm. you, know, I was like, you know, but I was, you know, this was when I was like 30, you know, or 31. So, sure. you know, Yes. You know, you're still kind of a little kid then, you know, when you're 30. Right. 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 You know, there is the. I'm finally now. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know, know, those two concepts, those two kinds of one of the the mental health game to be aware of the mental health, come back to that over and over again. And that's a perpetual challenge. Like, I think you you captured the, 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 the experience of it. It's not just one and done. And hey, no more. I don't have to face mental health. No, it's, it's an ongoing uh, monitor and it's an, it's an, it's a daily battle. Um, and then the other side of it, which was, I, 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 it's, I, it's cool to see, hearing there's still that mental component to it. It's uh, how do you face off those mental anxieties that come from being in this new situation where a lot is coming at you, but to not, um, well, to, well, to purposefully slow it all down and to, and, 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 but then capturing some of that comes with just the experience. And for you to have thousands of, of cases that you've worked through at the public defender's office, I can see how that's benefited you for, uh, for who you are today and, and, and how you are today. 1,000%, you know, and I always give credit to the unbelievable lawyers in that office that, you know, uh, took the time to rub off on me. Yeah. And um, I, a thousand percent, there's no, look, I would still be really good and effective. Okay. But there, it's just different. You know, I mean, to have that, that, um, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, benefit of being able to have that much exposure, right. So that you can see pretty much everything and all the situations that arise so that you know how to react and you know exactly what the tactical strategy is immediately. Cause it's just like second nature. Yes. So I'm really, I'm really grateful for that. I really am, you know, mm-hmm. um, but again, you know, it's like everything's a trade-off. You're going to do that to, and you're going to really try hard and get the most out of it and care the most. It's going to take a significant toll, you know, and I, I wound up in rehab. I don't blame the public defender's office for winding up in rehab. I mean, I own my own personal, you know, uh, demons and things like that, but I would be lying, right, if I didn't say that uh, that that sort of catalyzed things. But I mean, I'm also grateful that it did because, you know, 
you need to have those things. So public mm-hmm. defender's office, uh, kind of a life, if you ask me, in like mm-hmm. a ironic way. Sure. Now, to take it from you, and maybe we'll take it more generally, when it comes to other attorneys, because, you know, you've been in the game um, for a significant uh, portion of time. So you've not only walked individually, but you've walked collectively with other attorneys along this journey what's a common challenge you've seen other attorneys face and what do you think is a great solution to that challenge well i think it's a lack of authenticity you know Mm -hmm. and it's like and that just comes down to not really putting in the effort you know what i mean because if you know what you're right then it's kind of that simple you know um either you know what you're doing right and you've taken the time and you spent the energy to really try to develop it you don't have to be super experienced to try to like have a grasp on knowing what you're doing it's like a like a really inexperienced younger attorney can be a lot more effective than an attorney that's had a law license for 40 years and done the same thing once every year 40 times you know you can you, you can be a lot more effective like if you just really care and take the and take the time to make yourself competent so it's about that a lot of lawyers don't put in the necessary effort to make themselves truly competent in that, in whatever they're doing. And that rubs off and you can't really be authentic with the client about all the different things that you need to advise and counsel. Right. Mm -hmm. If you don't really know what you're talking about and any reasonable person can pick up Hmm. on the fact that I'm not, I don't know, this, this, this guy's giving me or like a weird feeling here. I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, right. Most people, you know what I mean? Most, most everyday people can, you know, can pick up when somebody's not being legit and real, you know? Um, so that's the biggest thing, you know? Um, and it's unfortunate because it makes it really difficult for, for a lot of really good attorneys, um, you know, uh, because that's the biggest problem is that people think that lawyers are not trustworthy and things like that. You know, it's like in this, you know, for many, many years, but it's like as a defense attorney, yeah, you're paying me up front, right? But my reputation's online and everything else, right? I'm not, it's different than, being, than, than, than doing contingency if you work or suing, you know what I mean, for money. Well, we're not fighting over money, right? So you right. shouldn't fight with me over the money you paid me to save your life, right? So it's a whole, <laughs> it's, a much different, it's a much different thing. And that's why, you know, it's um, important to, if you're going to do defense work and other areas of law, you can get away with it. It just depends on how you structure your business. And I support every lawyer. I want every lawyer to to do really well and make as much money as possible and to to do their business the the way they want to do it. But if you, if you're, but if you want to be like an actual lawyer, right. As opposed to like a business person who runs a law office, there's a huge difference then you got to know your shit. Otherwise you're not going to come off authentic. Yes. I think it's great insight to, to know the game and uh, to cultivate that authenticity. Um, and, uh, and, and even you captured the detail too. I, 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 I feel like you covered um, the element of, authentic, of authentically knowing the game from a law perspective and then earlier you were talking about this uh, again, the phrase, I've never heard it worded like that, but the taking off the gladiator armor in cultivating mm-hmm. authenticity as a person and, uh, and to get both to, to harness both of those, I can see how both of those have incredible power of 
on the on the professional side of knowing knowing the law, knowing the game for our general listeners who are not even in law or who are not even thinking about being a lawyer, but they're listening for the content. The, the, I think the principle here is is to know your craft, to cultivate that craft, to grow in the craft on an ongoing basis, and then as a person to be okay admitting you know those weaknesses, taking off that the gladiator armor, and um, and uh, being okay talking about what's really going on is is are the two concepts that I'm hearing from you from a, an authentic perspective. hundred percent. So uh, talk to me about um, new clients to your law firm. I think every um, um, law firm owner out there, especially the new ones, they're asking the question, how do I bring new clients in and how do I keep clients coming in? What have you found to be most effective and successful for your, your law firm when it comes to bringing in new clients? So it depends upon how you want to do your business, you know, and, um, you know, my, you know, so so there's generally two types of businesses, right? I mean, there's high volume and low volume, right? So my, my business is, is based upon reputation and results, right? And that requires it to be low volume, right? Because if you have too many cases and too many people, you can't do a good job, even if you're really good at what you do, right? Cause we only have so much time in the day. Sure. So because my business is based upon reputation and things like that, right. It's important for me. It's not get referrals from people, right. Like you, Derek or other attorneys, right. And things like that. And in order to do that, you need to be able to develop a reputation, like a legitimate authentic one, right. Where people look at you and they, they see that you really are the real deal. How do you do that? So this is separate from running a mill. A mill is a different, a different business. I'm not hating on it by calling it a mill necessarily. It's just a different, you know, the high volume is different, you know? So my, my business, right. Is not about spending money on search engine optimization to rank at the top of Google. There's nothing wrong with that, but my business is not to like spend all this money on Yelp, right. To be at the top, whatever, right. That's not, again, that's not my business, but there's nothing wrong with that. My business is, again, about reputation. How do you do that? Well, you have to network with other people, right? And uh, other uh, professionals, right? And figure out a way where you can show that you know exactly that you are the real deal. And that's doing presentations at networking meetings and networking groups and things like that. Yeah, it's also doing social media, but it's not just like taking a picture of yourself and like doing a quote, you know what I mean? From or something like that. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's more effective for you, right. To show, to show the audience, right. Like I, it here's something right for you to see that I know what I'm doing and I can really help. Right. People need to be able to see, right. That, that you really are the real deal. I keep on saying this. So it's important to figure out ways to demonstrate your knowledge, right? Or your passion, dedication for the craft. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. And you just have to do it in a way that's consistent with your style. I, you know, just did videos when I first left, you know, about me on the way to court, what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. Later on, you know, you know, uh, clients started to become really uh, comfortable uh, taking pictures with me, et cetera, after I get their cases dismissed, or I got a great result outside the courthouse and things like that, and a story and stuff like that. And that's all legit, unethical, as long as the client, right, uh, consents and wants to do that. And they typically do when they've been vindicated and they feel like that they've been properly represented. 
right? So that's really important too, is hearing it, right? Testimonials and stuff like that, right? And that requires, I mean, uh, obviously getting uh, good results, you know, and trying really hard for people, but that's what I did, you know, and of course I got plenty of hate and this and that, you know, it's typical, and, but you just have to not worry and you got to just continue to focus, but that's really all it is. It's just showing people on social media that, you know, what you're doing, doing networking, uh, other people that you know what you're doing, providing value. You have to provide value. That's the third part about it to other professionals, right? Yeah. And how do you do this? right? You connect and how do you do that? And that's really what networking really is, is providing value to other people. Okay. How do you, how do you do that? Well, you have to spend the time to focus on, on the person that, you know, all these, all your contacts and how you can help all these people, right? How do you help people? The best way to help people is to connect them that can, that can make them some money, right? Or enhance their life in some way. Maybe it's because, you connected them with a great nanny that can take care of their children. Like there's a lot of ways to provide value and benefit to people's lives. All right. And so I try to do that every single day, but I also, here's another one. Okay. Is that I, I, you know, take the opportunity to answer questions You know, I don't charge for it or anything like that mm-hmm. um, to people at the public at large. I mean, I don't let people take advantage of me, but you know, I'll give you a here and there. Right. But also I'll do it with other lawyers, you know, I'll ask questions and I'll be able to try to help. And I don't expect I share my work, my briefs, all these things that, you know, that I'm talking about blood, sweat and tears. Right. Um, yeah. Other lawyers might like hold tight and I'm not going to share with you at all. You go do it yourself. Right. Well, I find it to be better in the long run to not be like that and to share and give, even though it's like it took an unbelievable amount of work and things like that. And people should do it on their own. Sure. But it's like, you gotta, you know, you, you gotta figure out ways to help people. That's just kind of, that's just the bottom line. And yeah. so um, it takes a long time, but what, another thing I did is I created a Facebook group called Lev. I called it Leventhal's litigator network. Why did I do that? Because every time it posts up, my name comes up and that's part of, it's really important as a service professional is for you to be top of mind, right? So that people can think of you when the issue comes up, right? right? You don't want to be in a situation where like people like you and they respect you, but your name doesn't come in their head when the issue comes up. That's not a good thing. There's a gap going on there. And that has to deal with consistency and making a profound impact and making a profound impact is giving value, right? So um, I created this Facebook group, uh, 11th Litigator Network, and basically it's a safe space, you know, right? where we, where for a bunch of lawyers and to uh, ask questions and things like that. And I take the opportunity to really help out other lawyers because I want people to be, you know, I want to help people. That's just really what my mission is in life. But there's also an inherent like positive marketing component from it, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm providing value. I'm all, I also have the opportunity to demonstrate my command and knowledge of the law in this area. And that just further enhances my reputation. Right. And so now people are like, well, yeah, I want to refer to him because I know he knows what he's doing, but I also know that he's a good person. And he truly cares about people. So yeah, that's like a nutshell. I could do a whole course on it, you know, but that's <laughs> a nutshell. I love it. I love it. And look, um, I, 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 I love the discussion. I, I, I feel like you, you offer so much value just in this space, living out what you just taught. Um, uh, right, right here. 
Um, I'll have to have you back. I, I, know, I, I know you had so much great content. We didn't even get to all the questions that we had planned, but we certainly will have, we'll have to bring you back. Uh, I want to get some of, your, some of this interview posted already, and then we'll, we'll circle back with you. But I want to say thank you one more time for spending some time with me on the, on the podcast today. No, Derek, thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate you very much, and I respect everything you're doing, and I'm, and I'm happy to come back to, to do more if, if you wish. You know, and Thank you so much. Oh, of course. Let me let our listeners know that this episode is, is uh, sponsored by Strong Life Scholars, whose mission is advancing Latinas in high-end professions, education, and community impact. For our listeners, we want to thank you once more for tuning in to another episode. Be sure to go over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a five-star review. Remember to subscribe, and we'll connect with you on the next episode.